What's up guys, Lucas Till and Isaiah Nunez with Optum Athletes here. Today we're going to talk about pull downs and this one we're going to take a little bit of a different take. We're going to kind of gear this podcast more towards coaches and kind of how we progress, progress guys through how we cue them, um, how we kind of evaluate you know, what situations to interject in and what to leave and just kind of what we do to try to get the optimal output from our athletes. So, Bug, do you kind of want to jump into it? Yeah. Um, first, I just want to start by saying that during pulldowns, um, that's sort of their time to take what they've been doing, the constraint drills, and basically give them a little more free range to do what they want and not so much cue them, um, specifically internal cues. I uh, really want to stay away from those when they're doing pulldowns or compression throws um, because it's just going to get in the way of things later on. Um, especially when they're on the mound, if they're thinking about something on the mound, we've been over this multiple times, um, they're not focused on the goal, which is getting outs, um, throwing the ball hard, and just competing. Um, so one thing specifically I wanted to talk about was um, the beginning, when you talk to an athlete who is doing their first compression throw or pull down. Um, our take on it, my take specifically, uh, is that we give them some sort of structure but we really want to let them um, like feel it out. So everybody's very different. Um, in these clips, you'll be able to see uh, multiple guys pulling down and their different styles of it. Uh, we've had multiple people come to us uh, asking questions like, hey, like, do you see anything specifically that I can work on? And the main thing that we say is like, it's, it's, everybody's different, everybody's body's different, um, but they also organize different and they're gonna be different um, in terms of how they sequence and how that's gonna look and how they get into those positions is gonna be different for everybody. Yeah, I mean, there's a million different ways to do it and you can see it just from, if you go watch any of the old driveline videos, you know, watch, you know, say Casey Weathers, who was one of our founders here at OA, he would take, you know, maybe a 20 foot run up, if that, to pull down and then, you know, other guys like Trevor Bauer that would start way further back and do a full sprint and Casey was doing more of a crow hop. So you just kinda of gotta play around with it and see what works for you. Um, but from a coaching standpoint, like as Isaiah said, we start out usually with compression throws, so hybrid days where you're acting as if you're coming in from long toss and you're doing maybe one or two steps in a crow hop and throwing, and that's what we start out with. And then we progress to the, to the pull down where you can have you know the least amount of constraint out of any drills we do where they have the free reign to run as far as they want, do whatever they want, fall over to, to pull down. Um, so yeah, on that first pull down day specifically, as Isaiah said, unless there is something pretty glaring we'll usually kind of let them go and let them just kind of get a feel for the drill and just tell them hey throw the ball as hard as you can whatever you got to do to make that baseball move as fast as, as it as humanly possible um, and then after they kind of do that for a full day uh, sometimes just from the second pull down they'll kind of clean up things just from getting used to the drill um, but yeah a lot of it's going to just become it's going to be feel like as a coach you kind of got to feel and be able to look at an athlete and be like, okay, this is where they're struggling, depending on whether it's an actual mechanical thing, whether it's they just don't have the run-up time properly. A lot of guys just sprint out of the gate and they end up slow down. They slow down to turn and throw, which is the last thing you want to do. You want to be accelerating through the throw. Um, so with a lot of guys, we just kind of tell them, hey, start out slower and then build up speed as you go. Um, but for guys that kind of start to get it, after they get it for a couple, couple times, uh, then what, what do you do? What do you say to them? What do you get to, uh, how do you motivate them to throw harder, basically, is a, kind of one of the things I want to dive in on this podcast. And something that I've kind of come to realize is, again, it's case by case, and actually getting to know your athletes helps. Um, for instance, if you have an athlete that was cut from a, from a program or transferred from a school because they didn't really like the coach, 
uh, and you know, say they've hit 89 two times in a row on a pole and they have one more baseball throw, that would be a perfect time to be like, hey, coach so-and-so says you can't hit 90 or something like that that kind of lights a little fire and makes them try just that much harder. Um, another thing for cues that I've kind of gone back and forth with or used both of is uh, like real versus fake. Um, so if you can recognize an athlete and know that, hey, this guy has the ability to kind of motivate himself if you give him the right, the right info, uh, it doesn't have to be a real situation, right? So, you know, it could be something like, hey, if you don't hit 90 here, you got to give up your dog or <laughs> something that's not real. But if they can actually internalize that and, you know, let it fuel them to throw harder, then it's going to maybe result in a plus two or three on the radar gun. Other guys, like the second you say that, they know it's not a real situation. So it doesn't motivate them at all. So you got to, you know, maybe say, hey, if you hit 90 here, I'll give you five bucks. And you have to actually give them five bucks so they do it. But they might actually get motivated to actually try harder. Um, is there anything you want to say on that? I, I, I got more to say, but just wanted to give you a chance to jump in if you wanted. No, I think you're doing great. Um, I mean, Lucas has a great, um, he has a great speech that we like to uh, <laughs> coin. So whenever an athlete's on his last throw, he'll basically, we have no idea what it is. He'll come up with something crazy <laughs> and he'll just whisper in their ear and they'll immediately fire him up. And then, um, you know, it's almost an instant PR. Um, but Yeah, I mean, you just got to, a lot of it's the mentality, right? So most baseball players, and I was one, spent your whole life operating at less than your, you know, 100% max. Mm -hmm. So when you get on pull downs and you, instead of throwing 70% like you have your whole life, when you throw 80%, you feel like it's 100%. But usually there's way more in there. So you got to, as our, as it's our job as coaches to kind of figure out which, which athlete you need to say what to in order to reach that, that effort level. So for instance, uh, another one that I've come to realize is in that same situation, the kid's throwing, you know, 88, 89, 88, 89, and he's trying to hit 90 and he hasn't. If you say, come on, kid, hit 95, some kids that might work. So this is, again, knowing your athletes. Like some kids might be like, oh, if I try to hit 95, I'm going to hit 91. It's going to be a PR. and It's going to be awesome. But other kids might hear 95 and be like, oh, there's no – they're internalized that and be like, there's no way I'm going to hit 95. I can't even hit 90. And then they'll actually try less hard on their throw. So realizing that, you know, if you're trying to go, if you're trying to give them a number, like, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you hit this number, the number should be tough to reach, but it should be possible. It shouldn't be like, you shouldn't tell a kid that's to throw 85 to hit 100. Um, but again, for other kids, it might work. So you got to know, like, oh, if I tell this kid 100, he's going to try harder than he's ever hit harder before, and he's going to go plus three. So don't be afraid to try and fail. A little trial and error, definitely. My speech isn't 100% success rate, but it's definitely had a, a lot of success. So being able to kind of figure out what you can say to an athlete in those 10 seconds between throws that will you know, give him that little fire under, under his butt to throw a little harder. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is to realize when is the time to jump in, right? If they've just PR'd or if they're climbing and everyone's excited and there's a good energy in the gym, that might not be the time to say anything because they're on a roll. Um, so you might jump in and say something to try to fire them up even more and it might kind of kill the momentum. So again, the biggest thing kind of goes back to is feel, but, um, again, you got to be able to realize that it's a drill and that if you try, if you give them a cue and it doesn't work, they'll probably have another pull down day a week from now. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid to try different things. Yeah, absolutely. Re be able to read the room and see what's going on. And you know, if the music's going, if you got guys clapping behind you and you know, the atmosphere, atmosphere is carrying them just let it take them. And if it's not, and they're on their own and, you know, they got their headphones in, they're playing whatever they want, then, you know, you can try and chime in. 
um, and see if, if that'll help them out a little bit. Yeah. The, while we don't love internal cues, sometimes, uh, you know, mechanical, something they say if it's mechanical might work. Uh, we had a, this is for, we had a kid doing a plyo velo the other day and he just wasn't really generating a lot of power. And I just told him, just try to rotate as fast as possible. And just all of the energy was focused on that and he went like plus four or something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, on pull downs, you usually don't want the person thinking about their body. So that might not be the time to do that. But again, try it from one throw. And if it works, run with it. If not, try something else. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of some of the cues that we've used in here. You know, the, the other thing is just I know the difference between like uh, motivation and sort of like punishment, right? So if a kid wants one more on a pull down, if he's been like, you know, 93, 94, 93, 94, and he wants one more to hit 95, um, and he's used his allotted set of throws for the day, usually whoever's tracking it will say, all right, well, if you don't hit 95 on this extra throw I'm giving you, you owe me a coffee from Starbucks or something. Because you're, you're giving them an extra throw that they shouldn't have on that day. Um, and that fires up some kids who are like, I don't want to pay five bucks for this coffee, so I'm going to, you know, that's, that's worked a lot. Mm -hmm. But other kids, they need more of the, the positive reinforcements or the negative reinforcements. So I've said it like three times already, but just the more you can get to know your trainees, know their story, see kind of, kind of keep a mental log. I know driveline actually tracks their cues and what cues work for certain guys. Mm -hmm. So that's not a bad idea either if you kind of track like, hey, this kid, PRs almost every time we use a positive cue, something like, hey, like if you go, if you, you know, go plus one on this throw, like I'll give you five bucks. Or if you go plus one on this throw, like I'll post it on our social media or something that kind of motivates them in a positive way. And then maybe you have someone else where every time that it's like, hey, if you don't hit, you know, 95 on this extra throw, you owe me a coffee. Maybe then he PRs every time on that. Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of, again, get to know your athletes and try different cues and see what kind of cues works for each athlete. Yeah, I love that. I mean, the main thing that, I got out of that was know your athletes and be able to understand them. Um, like I'm a very quiet person, just whenever somebody's in the gym, I don't really like, like to go out of my way and talk to too many people. Um, but I am listening and I'm seeing like who responds well to what and who doesn't and who's going to be able to understand and just digest what I'm trying to say to them when they are, when I'm, am giving them a cue and who will just completely like ignore and not understand what I'm trying to say. So. Yeah. And again, I think it goes back to reading the room too. Like mm -hmm. if, you know, if you see a kid that's really frustrating, he's got one throw left and it's just been a down day, you know, maybe you don't interject or maybe that's the time when you do interject and you say, hey man, you could salvage this day and have a good bad day with one good throw here. So let's, mm -hmm. let's go, like empty the tank, everything you got left. So again, for the fourth and final time, get to know your athletes and don't be afraid to try and fail and try to remember what cues were for certain guys. Yep. So. That's about it. That's it. And uh, if you have any questions on that, let us know. You can reach out to us via email, DM us on Instagram, anything. Let us know if you have any questions about pull downs, pull down cues, or any topics you want us to discuss in future podcasts. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take it easy.